When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Did you know that Kinda Dating Now has merch? Yep, we collaborated with tpublic.com to create t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, stickers, iPhone cases, and so much more. Picking up one of our items is a great way to support the show and grab some swag for yourself. So swing over to tpublic.com or follow the link in the description of this episode to grab yours today. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Kinda Dating, the comedy dating podcast where I, your host, Natasha Chanadel, and some cool guests break down the dating world and try to figure out why the fuck do we all have commitment issues? Today is our 200th episode check-in. Let's do this. Hello, friends. I'm Natasha Chandel, and you're listening to Kinda Dating. Holy shit. We've passed 200 episodes. That's about 12,000 minutes of dating content we have created. I don't know if I'm great at math, but that's what my math said. Uh, When I started this podcast, though, in 2016, I kind of just did it because I wanted to give a voice to my what I felt was unique dating perspective um, as a former commitment phobe. I also wanted to share practical tips, not the BS cliche stuff we've always heard. And I wanted to tell everyone all the stuff I wish someone told me when I was younger. Now, five years later, I can truly say that this show has changed me and kind of given me a purpose. And we often talk about stopping and checking in with your partner about how things are going. And that's what we're going to do today. The whole kind of dating team is here and we're going to share some of our messages Uh, some of your messages about what you've learned and talk about where we're at now. So let me introduce the first kind of dating team member from the get. All right, Isha. (laughs) Day one. Wow. Day one, girl. That is wild. (laughs) It's so nuts. But wait, guys, before we jump in. It's got to go like every other episode, you know, remember to tell your friends, remember to subscribe to this podcast wherever you get it. And please leave us a five-star rating or review. We're also on social media. Follow us. Why are you not following us 200 episodes in? Um, we're at kind of dating across the board. Aisha, where are you at? I am at Aisha says dance across the board. I am your complicated friend uh, at Natasha Chandel on Instagram, Natasha.Chandel on TikTok, Natasha underscore Chandel on Twitter. Okay, guys, let's introduce everyone. Everyone's in the house. We got our uh, our sound king, the one who makes <laughs> us sound good. We got Adam Pineless here. Hey, everyone. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and we have our behind-the-scenes extraordinaire who makes all of Kind of Dating come together. She books our guests. She's like my right hand. I don't know what I would do without her. Uh, Karina Uribe. Hello. I'm I'm very nervous, honestly, because I'm always like behind the scenes. So like now that I'm actually here, I'm just like, okay. But it's just you guys. So I'm just like, okay, come on. Yeah, yeah it's saying. just us and you're you look like you're made for camera. Yeah, honestly. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> the L'Oreal hair flip, guys. Um, so you know, we ask every guest the same first questions. So I'm going to talk to all of you when I say, including you, Aisha, single or in a relationship. <laughs> um, tight, single, but dating. So, yeah. 
focused on a person? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and is that person you? <laughs> That's one of the people, to be honest. There's two people. You're right. <laughs> Adam, what about you? I am married and that is going well. That's good. <laughs> nice. It's been a couple years and things can change for people, especially during a pandemic. So that's really nice to hear. Yeah. I mean, I think we balance each other out. You know, um, one time I went out with someone that was too similar to me and we oh. just started sort of talking over each other. It was like a weird loop thing. It was awful. I, I could not date myself. Um, <laughs> that's just a thing. All right. <laughs> no, it's true. No. It's true. You can't, it's uh you can't sometimes we like the idea of dating ourselves, but then you're like wait a minute it sounds ideal like if you like all the same music and the same movies and you're like oh my gosh it's like you know like for me the the partner who's just like me but you know yeah <laughs> and karina There's pros and you? cons i am in the relationship <laughs> it's a pandemic relationship actually i met him i when did the pandemic start april right yeah, I'm so lost. 2020, yeah. March 2020. March. 2020. Yeah, it was March of last year. Yeah, so I met him in April. Yeah, on Instagram. So super. super I love the story. Because yeah, Karina identifies maybe as a little shyer, but 100%. you made the move. There's. It's so funny because I feel like I'm very shy in certain situations, but when I want something done. <laughs> I just, I just, I don't know, like with like job interviews, I don't know, I become this person. I don't know who that is. Approaching guys, I'm just like, the worst they can say is no, then they just move on. Um, so that's what I did. You know, with, there was like a little game that I played in approaching him on Instagram. You know, you just got to show that you're interested, but not too much, you know? Mm -hmm. So I just set him, he posted something on his Instagram story and I was just like, oh, this sounds really good. It was like a, I think he, he plays music. So he just like put his music on Instagram. And I was like, this sounds really good. And I just left it at that. And like right. his, re his response, you just double tap it. And it just shows initiative. And then it, you let them do the rest of the work. So uh -huh. that's it. It's <laughs> good. Strategic. <laughs> Very strategic. And he gets to check out his street cred first, you know? Yeah. Like <laughs> oh, I can hear all your demos right here. <laughs> SoundCloud. <laughs> so I'm curious for all of you guys. Uh, you know, we've all started the podcast at different phases. Like Aisha and I have literally seen 200 episodes. Um, from when you all started the podcast to where you are now, what has changed about your love dating all of that, like where you were to where you are now. And then we'll get into specifics after, but I'm just curious, like time passes and shit changes. So what has changed? Oh man, so much has changed. Um, when we started the podcast, I was kind of dating somebody like very much in my normal situationship path, letting things happen as, you know, I've talked about before, but I feel like now over the course of five years, <laughs> I have just become a more confident person inside myself. And I just, I'm able to take control a little bit more now. Uh, That's good. And you also discovered more things about yourself. Oh yeah, I also <laughs> date multiple genders now so there's also that. <laughs> and it was cool because it was a phase in your there was a phase of knowing Aisha for so many years that you right. were just like not dating at all at all mm -hmm. true and and so it's nice to see that progression uh for you and to meet then let you are you know in a situation where you're talking to somebody who seems really nice yeah 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 it's cool <laughs> What about you guys, Adam, Karina? Because you started a little later, but have you noticed kind of growth in that area of your life? For me, so much. Um, I think I started like an episode 120, I think. Yeah, so it's crazy to think that it's over 200 episodes already. But I, 
I think during the pandemic, because you had a lot of time to yourself, I really, you know, answer the tough questions that people don't want to answer. Like, what is it about me that's like attracting unavailable men? So I really got serious with myself. I figured out that I myself was unavailable. And that's why I kept attracting unavailable men who it's it's the same scenario, just different um, bodies, you know, and I thought they were the problem. But I think I finally tuned in and I was like, okay, like I need to figure out how I can show up differently and maybe then I can attract better partners and stuff. So, so yeah, it was very transformational. This happened within like the span of this year and a little bit of last year too. So it's been, it's very transformational. Do you feel like you met your partner, uh, as, as you were kind of discovering? bring that or or did you kind of get a grip on that and then you kind of met him I I feel like I was doing like heavy lifting work for like three years like that hard work that you know love languages and you know figuring out your attachment styles and stuff like that but then I feel like after just going through the same scenario I was kind of like tired of my own shit (laughs) and I was like what am I doing like obviously the only similarity in all my dating experience is me so yeah I think once I really just was at that point where I was just tired of my own shit I was like okay let me see if I can just sense when I feel anxious around a guy and then I started realizing my anxiety wasn't all that bad you know it's actually a sign that you know this isn't the right spot and then I think when I met my boyfriend there was no anxiety or anything it was just me feeling very present and I I started like after like three years of doing hard work I was like oh wow this feels really good and then I started judging scenarios based off of that. Like, how do I feel around that person? So. Nice. Same way. <laughs> yeah. And I think I, I, I forgot. I don't remember exactly the timeline, but I feel like I came to the show. I know it was episode 87. Like, I feel like that would be probably around the time I got married or a little before or something. So like I've been in this with the same person um, since before uh, the show, before I came on the show. But I think that, you know, coming from the marriage end of things, it's kind of interesting because you really, especially I think through the pandemic, you know, people feel that, you know, you, you're, you're a team, you know, you kind of have to get through everything together. And, you know, we weren't really sure, you know, what would happen. And I kind of thought, well, if we get through this, then we can get through anything because, you know, literally locked in a room all the time with me, like, you know, I, it's probably good that like, you know, when I'm working or editing or writing or something that it's like a sort of isolating thing. It gives everyone a little bit of, of distance, you know, (laughs) um, but I think that there's there's a lot of people who are probably dealing with that for the first time of like, oh, my gosh, you know, I've never, you know, even for people who had dated someone for a while, it's like, oh, well, I just saw them on Fridays and Saturdays you know, before. <laughs> and now it's like I see them all the time every day. And that's been kind of interesting. Yeah, I think when you came on, Adam, you were already married. Um, oh, OK. It had probably been recent. Uh but yeah, no, it's good. It's yeah. good that you guys have still stuck it out. And like you said, the pandemic was uh, a real test for a lot of people. A lot of people didn't make it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's really interesting for me to to hear how everybody started to to where they are now because it just shows you like life is constantly happening, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we have a dog now, so <laughs> oh, there you we know. Go. She's a little fluffy, sweet dog, and uh, we've been keeping her uh, well-fed and alive and healthy. <laughs> so that's going well. Yeah, congrats. It's like a baby. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, when I started uh, 200 episodes ago, geez, mm. um, I had just broken up with the guy I was living with, and he had cheated on me. and. And I remember 
coming to the podcast. Uh, it was episode four with Sunny Leone, Aisha, and I was crying, like bawling before it. But I was like, I have this big guest and I got to I got to pull it together. And so I just like wiped my face and like walked into the podcast. And I remember walking out of the podcast crying. <laughs> I like was in my car, like bawling. I was like, I got to go home. And I'm All right. Oh, I, got cheated. I suppose that's how you earn your kind of dating qualifications. Um, I guess. You know, you, guess, you've been through was, life experiences. Was he was kind of dating. Ah, there you go. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I was in yeah. a relationship. Um, I guess you didn't know you were kind of dating. Yeah. Um, yeah. Totally. Um, and then over the years, it's just been like, I mean, there's been lots of people in and out and and lots of ups and downs. And now to be in sort of a secure relationship uh, has been, uh, it feels like, it, you know, it's come full circle. Mm. Um, and I know, you know, listeners have heard me talk about so many different people and I knows I was hung up on somebody called Australia for a long time. And then Adam, I'm still hung up on Australia. (laughs) You see a picture. It's hard not to be, Um, but it was the best thing to have happened that like I met my boyfriend, I think three weeks after I finally like let go of Australia, Mm -hmm. like hundred percent. I was like, Oh, thank you God for showing me the truth about this person. What is the timeline for that? Is that like, years ago or is that like recent because i wasn't or sure when, when you I, met your current when i got over australia yeah that was uh last year so just before um I met my boyfriend. okay yeah so like literally the it was the same month look at that yeah or or maybe a month mm-hmm. one month different coincidence i, I don't know <laughs> and it was funny because uh-huh. i remember friends telling me too they were like you know you just gotta let go of him and then somebody will come and i'd be like how is that possible like, why <laughs> like i don't think i'm holding on that seriously to this person but you don't realize what is might be holding you back i'm not saying that that's exactly the reason why um i met my partner now but but it's just that growth that can happen um, over the years, and uh, and I, I think you feel have to like be ready. The podcast has helped me a lot with that. It's made me accountable. Do you guys mm-hmm. feel like that? I feel accountable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I definitely feel like I have like words and like language to describe things that are happening, versus just being like, I don't know what this is. You know, <laughs> I do like, feel oh. like if I had been single and listening to the show, that I would have been much better at dating. Like, I feel like I, I would have, you know, special knowledge or, or better understanding of myself and what I want and my goals, you know, rather than just like, you know, swing or, you know, <laughs> I don't know, like just whatever, like it's just, I, I think that it's, it's, we come from an intelligent perspective, which is something I've always really liked about our show. Mm-hmm. For fun, right? Yeah, no, we are fun. Absolutely. Yes. But Aisha, I think you, you put, you, you put it really well that some, like, I think we figured out more words and Mm -hmm. how to express ourselves and figure out like what specifically is the gap or the hole, um, in the situation. Right. You know, we, we asked listeners also to send us, um, some messages of what they've learned uh, from listening to the podcast over five years. Um, Aisha, you have a couple, right? I do. And I apologize. My eyesight has gotten really bad over these five years. (laughs) So I'm going to do my best. (laughs) Do my best to get in here. Okay. First one is from, I believe this is from, okay. This is from Samantha and Samantha says, I have learned that I have learned that black and white thinking doesn't help with the complexity of human emotions and relationships and that taking responsibility and looking at your role is the most important thing. Also, what emotional unavailable, what it means to be emotional unavailable and what that looks like. Definitely not something that I paid attention to prior to this. Yeah. That was like a, a good point, right? About black and white thinking. Like, yes. I think when I also, I used to be very, very like right or wrong, black and white, everything was within a box. And then as I started growing up and 
seeing like, holy shit, like there are just so many complexities to life that most things are kind of in a gray area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Like, are you on a break mm-hmm. or are you on a, br- are you breaking up? <laughs> Say it. <laughs> you were saying something. Yeah. Um, God, what was I saying? Yeah, it's so true. Like so many things that I like thought before, which was very black and white, I've like completely thrown out the window. Like dating a coworker before, I was like very much against that. Completely have changed that. Um, you know, sleeping with somebody on the first date, I was like, no, don't do that. And now I'm like, if the vibe is right, do what you got to do. You know, so it's just like, yeah, life is gray. Life is life is colorful. It's the stuff in the middle. It's the good part, mm-hmm. the juicy stuff. Yeah. And also, you know, sometimes like this idea of like breakups and when somebody hurts you, Mm -hmm. um, I think in the last five years, I have definitely had people hurt me. And then I know I have hurt some people um, in relationships that I ended. And you realize like people aren't bad you know, most of the people aren't bad. Like a lot of the breakups I've had recently, like in the last few years, nobody did a big thing. Right. It was just like, oh shit, you didn't vibe or something, or it just, something Mm -hmm. wasn't a fit. And, and you just start letting go of this idea of like putting people in a box, you know, like, oh, Mm -hmm. I hate you forever. Um, It's just sort of like, all right, well, I think that, there's a lot of people that can get along well, but when it comes to, you know, if you're going to be in a monogamous relationship with a significant other, you know, you want to then make sure like it needs to be the right fit. And there's a lot of people who might be, you know, good fits, but you know, if you want to try to, you know, ideally when people get married, traditionally they want to be married once. Um, so if that's the case, you know, you want to be picky about that. And I think that there, it, it's tough because you might really like somebody, but, oh, we've got religious differences that we just can't get around or, you know, something like that. Like things like that come up all the time, you know. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. When when this podcast first started, I used to be able to date conservatives. Mm. Now, mm. God bless conservatives. I have no beef towards anybody who is, who identifies as that, but I have learned I don't prefer it just because I want my home life to like not be contentious in any way, even though like, I feel like I can still debate, but I just don't want it around. Mm -mm. Yeah. And you learned more about yourself in that case too, and what you want and what, what you value. And, and also, you know, things like that honestly have changed a lot over the years. Um, not just with, from your perspective, but, you know, from a national perspective, you know, and so on. Did you guys know what emotional intelligence was? I didn't know what it was before. I, I don't know that I have it. Really? (laughs) I did, but I think I've always just been super into psychology. So let's just, you know, ride along. Um, But yeah, I think that was like the number one thing I looked for in a guy. Like if they're emotionally intelligent, that's like the number one thing for me because I'm a very emotional person and I need someone to kind of like understand and rationalize with me sometimes. So I really need that in a partner too. So yeah. That's I've learned that I, I I need a partner who always agrees with me. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's terrible. <laughs> I mean, it's nice when it happens, but you know, I mean, I, I I also think there's a value to alternate opinions. So yeah, Aisha, you have another message, right? I do. If your eyes. I know, uh, right? You see me over here. <laughs> okay, this one is from Rob, and then Rob says and something. Um, I have been informed that I should try to date versus, so I should try to look at dating as not, I'm too old and out of, out of date for this. I should, I should continue my non-douchebaggery and that I should approach in public, but keep it light, quick, and non-disruptive, which is why I don't approach laughing face. (laughs) Now executing on the approach and dating is the hard part. I'm sure there is so much more to learn. 
totally. I mean, you we got to sometimes pat ourselves on the back for for making progress and and the whole point is it's a journey, so we're going to keep having little areas that we all need to improve in. But I'm so happy that somebody out there learned that nice guys can still mm-hmm. win because I think Aisha and I, you know, this from the beginning, like we've talked about this several times on the show and people don't believe it. They don't believe that people always just think, Oh, you still go for the bad boy. And I'm like, yeah, but think about like, even the ones who go for the bad boy are thinking that they're nice guys. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just that when they realize they're not, they leave like nobody is dreaming of being with the douchebag. Or they think that they can change them into the yeah. Good, yeah. <laughs> but like yes, I exactly. See a nice guy, right? Exactly. Like I see it. That is the so goal. It's just the idea that like at the core, we're all seeking yeah. peace and, and stability and somebody nice. And being nice doesn't make you boring. It just means you're also right. Nice. And that's another thing that I think that I hope people have learned from the podcast is there's a difference between a genuinely nice guy or gal and like the person who's got the nice guy or gal syndrome, who is not actually a nice person, but is using their quote unquote niceness to manipulate people. And I think there was a lot of confusion there. Um, cause that person is actually a bad guy or a girl. Um, so I hope that that's something that's also been a takeaway because I thought that was very Important. I feel like there's a lot of like that's an uh at least for me at least that's a fairly new term that I feel like um has entered the dating landscape and it's helped sort of define something that was around beforehand you know like I I think that you know I I don't think I ever was was a, that kind of nice guy uh but I think that like there were times when like I definitely was working like two or three jobs at one point when I was just out of school and, you know, like I I was trying to date and I wouldn't see them as often. And it kind of unintentionally became ghosting at a certain point because I was just always at work, you know, so it's it's it sucks. Um, But it, it kind of also is like, you know, it's interesting to see how how new sort of, I guess, trends or terms or, or, you know, I really liked our, our episode a couple of weeks ago where uh, we were talking about like roaching and <laughs> just some of the interesting terms that have come up recently. Um, like one thing that, that also wasn't around when I met my wife was all the swiping right and left, which now makes me sound ancient because that seems like it's part the key part of most <laughs> dating apps nowadays. And it does. Yeah. Um, but you know, and it did, we met on OkCupid. Um, and, uh, at the time it was just more profile based. Like you would look at the profile, you would still do kind of the same thing. You would still probably rate them. And if they rated you like same stars, it like notified you and all that, but you know, it was an earlier version, but yeah, it's been interesting. Yeah. I mean, but what you said also just falls into like that gray space, right? Like you used to be really busy and it wasn't like you were trying to ghost somebody, but it came off as ghosting because you were busy working. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it's tough too. like, I think that, you know, I living in LA, if I were dating, it might be easier in a sense that like, maybe you end up living like hopefully fairly close to the person, like, you know, I don't, I don't know. I guess it could be really tough because with traffic and everything, it could be across town. Yeah, everyone's shaking their head. Like, no, that doesn't <laughs> no happen. Okay. Yeah. I was like, my boyfriend lives at the other end of the world at this yeah. point. Yeah, I just used to, on occasion, when I, I used to live in Florida and like when I would have to drive, you know, across Orlando to a date or something, it would be like 30 miles, you know, or something like that. But it would take probably about the same amount of time as it would in L.A., you know, or something. It's just in LA, you'd go like four miles. But Adam, you kind of beat me to the question I was going to ask, which was like, how has dating changed since we started this podcast? Because, um, or, or even the dating space, right? Because five years ago, Aisha backed me up. Mm -hmm. There were so few podcasts, period. Do you remember when we used to tell people we had a podcast? Mm-hmm. And people were like, what's a podcast? <laughs> and we'd be like, there's an app on your phone. Right. Um, I remember it when we were at work and being like, oh, we're starting this podcast. And doing right. Um, I didn't really know. I was like, sure, whatever. It sounds fun. 
She's just so ride or die. She's like so like just improv lives in her her spirit. She's like, I'm just gonna yes and yes and yeah, Tash, that sounds fun. Um, But yeah, like there was a time that there were so few podcasts. Now there are so many dating podcasts. Apps, Um, Mm -hmm. huh? I was gonna say there was like only Tinder and OkCupid and like plenty of fish. Also, now there's like a yeah different things. Uh, I couldn't hear that, Natasha. What was that? But, oh my God, plenty of fish. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And yeah. coffee meets bagel. Oh, coffee meets bagel. bagel. Oh, I don't know that one. I do remember that one. Damn. I tried it once and then it, I was like, this is too much work. Like coming up with ideas. Like how about we do? I was like, ah. Right. I, <laughs> I, I will say that one of my relatives is a very systematic Dater, like she will, if she's interested in a guy, like I will schedule uh, us to meet for coffee oh. at this place. Uh, I'll plan on, you know, probably just a half hour or so, you know, and like for me, that seems very restrictive as a guy. Like it seems like like the pressure's on, you know, kind yeah, of thing. Minutes. Like I better start tap dancing now or or something. But I will say that like how systematic it was impresses me. You know, like it's a it's a way to quickly assess your situation. And you know that that relative is now married. So uh it worked out. But it's interesting to see that like I had never met someone who was quite that systematic about it. Like yeah, it was you know amazing. And that's the thing. There was a time that Again, Aisha, remember, like, we used to get coaches on the show who would mm-hmm. come with, like, straight formulas. Straight up, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and now I think, I mean, the two trends I've noticed, not, that, not in, uh, in terms of the space, is that I see a lot of other podcasts and coaches and stuff steering away from those That's cliched exactly. kinds of, yeah, this is the hard, mm-hmm. fast thing because everything is becoming more open mm-hmm. in the best way, you know, sexuality, gender orientation is more fluid. It just means yeah, there are more scenarios and more gray space. I think also a lot of people hopefully are, are I think it, it, the effect is that people are more respectful overall is my hope. Um, yeah, I, I I think that it probably depends entirely on the person and so on. But but I do think that. Um, sorry, I guess I just lost my train of thought. But no, but but it's like it, people are becoming more respectful and 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 it's changing the way we date. I think more people are. I mean, like you said, Aish, there are like a trillion more apps now. Mm-hmm. You can find an app to be a thruple. Right. And also, like, I guess there's the question of, like, how good is some of this advice that's formulaic? Like, what I was going to say was, like, when if, if if a person tells you first thing you do when you're when you see a girl that you like, you introduce yourself, whatever casual conversation, you buy her a drink and then you purr in her ear. Girls <laughs> love it when you purr in their ear. You know, it's like, I don't know. That seems very specific. And like, it probably wouldn't entice that many uh, people, but maybe it'll get the one, you know, or something. I Not likely. Happened, guys. Do you, do you remember? I do remember that. <laughs> really? Oh no, you did? No. Okay. Yeah. There was Spain one. <laughs> the first, the first go around. <laughs> <laughs> um, where such a sweet guy, but he always, um, he would <laughs> do this in my ear. Like we would just be out at a bar and he'd be like, <sighs> Like, <laughs> like biting an apple or or and, maybe and a I, cat. I would oh just be God. sitting randomly at a bar and I'm like, stop. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um and then yeah, and then in bed he tried he he would act like he was a tiger and oh like, hey, my god movements ready to like, pounce. But we don't need to dramatize this. <laughs> Sorry, this is a lot. <laughs> It was too much. It was too, too much. And then when but I ended it, makes it a how great could you story. tell somebody that? Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I'm sure he has found somebody. You who can is- tell them on a podcast. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> years later. <laughs> no tea, no shade. 
Well, what like, it let's is. do some more listener messages on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Karina, okay. What do we have? So I have a message from Curtis. He said, I've learned what my love language is. I have also learned how to communicate with people that are of other types, making it easier to speak with my ex. Yes, they'll have a good relationship with her. Thank you so much. You guys are awesome. Awesome. The love language one was always a, a, a shocking thing for me. You know what it is? It's not specifically that it's the lo- whatever your love language is, is the premise that we love others the way we want to be loved and we have mm-hmm. to learn to love others the way they want to be loved. Right. Mm-hmm. That's the premise that's mm-hmm. really important to carry. So it's like about knowing yourself, but also knowing this other person and showing up for them the way they need, which was a big lesson for me. Right. Yeah. Also... Sorry, go ahead. No, I was also, um, that the way that we give love is different than what we need to. Mm-hmm. Also, which I thought was very interesting. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> different. I think that all... Brina, you said you learned about love languages too, right? Sorry, Adam. That's okay. Yeah, so I... So with my ex, it's funny because it became really toxic, but my, I, I realized that my love language was quality time. Mm. And that was like the last one for him. And then for him, it was gifts. And I was like, that does not make sense to me. Like, cause gifts is my last one. Right. So then it made me realize I was like, okay, like maybe there was more factors as to why it was a little bit more toxic, you know, cause we were just not meeting yeah. you know he was in speaking a whole different language I was in the other world it was just very incompatible and but yeah just learning about your love languages it allows you to show up better now for mm. you know other people and it allows you to know how you want to be loved and how you accept love so it's it's yeah I really liked it it's a great concept. If people haven't looked it up, look up your mm-hmm. love language, do the love language quiz online. It's yeah. really a fun thing to do with your partner too, because you is. can learn together. It's so good to know. Because then you're like, ah, done, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an acts of service girl. Really? Oh, yeah. Like, just make me breakfast in the morning. Right. <laughs> Wash my car. Wash my car, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Do the <laughs> All the sex in the world if you wash my car. Right. <laughs> what a deal. That's the thing, right? Once you unlock the secret, it's on. <laughs> Show up with a bucket, a sponge, get the whole thing taken care of. It's a what? 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 <laughs> <laughs> yes, macaroni in a pot. A bucket and a mop. <laughs> um. Karina, what other message do we have? Um, Okay, so we have a message from Marilyn from Chicago. She said, I absolutely love the Dating with Intentions episode. I revamped my online dating profile and just really feel more empowered to get out there. I also learned to not take situations that do not work out as rejection. It simply wasn't meant to be. He wasn't my person. Also, I started talking to a therapist that is going to help me with dating and how to set boundaries with relationships in my life. Thank you so much for inspiring me to be a better person, more confident version of myself. Love the show. That's awesome. That's really sweet. Yay. All of those things like make me so happy. Like Mm -hmm. to know that people can take the dating world less personally like the rejection part I'm like oh because I truly believe on a spiritual level like hurt people hurt people right Right. whenever we feel rejected and and we take it personally we go out in the world and we're giving that back to somebody else and and or this idea again that relationships or or not working out means somebody's a bad person right and when we can let those things go you can walk away from a situation much happier just going like hey it was so nice meeting you i'm sorry this just wasn't a fit yeah and like it just makes it so much nicer life is so much easier when it no, things aren't as big of a deal mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know 
That's why you got to rip off the bandaid early. You know, if, if there's an issue, you know, don't let it keep escalating over like four years. <laughs> That's really extreme. I know. <laughs> no, I know. It sounded oddly specific, but um, it's not. It's just, I don't know. At first but, I was going to say like a month or two, but then I'm like, oh man, but some people take this way too far. <laughs> you know? Anyway. No, that, that message, um, just, it just makes me so happy. So thank you so much for sharing that. And also, um, I'm so glad, like, I'm so glad. Yeah. Um, let me ask you guys, you know, what advice do you find yourselves taking from the podcast that you use most in relationships and that could be that could be with in love or with others because i do believe it kind of bleeds into both areas yeah i mean that was one of the biggest one is just learn not to take things seriously and to know that everybody has their own shit and like their mm-hmm. shit has little to nothing to do with your shit Basically, if things don't work out, it's not something that you like. I always would be the one and be like, oh, what did I do? And taking the blame for stuff. But like, it's not, you know, it's not on me. It's whatever's happening in their world. And like, once I was able to take that burden off myself, things just became a lot lighter. So that was definitely one of the major takeaways for me. I think for me, it was your life is a series of choices quote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because I think right before I met my boyfriend, I was in that series of different choices. Instead of like picking, you know, emotionally unavailable men, I was like, what would happen if I just choose differently, mm-hmm. you know? And then that led me down this other path. And I was like, oh, okay, life really is a series of choices, you know? And I think sometimes when you're dating, you have to be a little bit more conscious of the choices that you're making, who you're picking, how you feel around them and everything. It, it all really, really matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of, um, uh, pretty sure that quote comes from me, which is the, mm-hmm. the life is a series of choices. If you want something to change, make better choices. Mm-hmm. And it seems so simple, but that's what I had to learn of being in the same boat, of constantly being in these uh, unhealthy relationships. And then I just realized looking back, I was like looking back at life going, like, what is life made up of? And the truth is it's made up of, yes, there are things that happen to you, but, but if we're active players in our own life as a writer, I, I believe that we are active players in our own life. We are making choices every step of the way. And we're always hitting forks in the road. And which choice do we go with? And and then that path leads us to some other path. Um, and so if you're finding that the path is like super windy, um, maybe we got to start looking at like the simple straight path. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is your decision to make that nobody can you know, you can put the best person in front of you, but if you still choose to not see them, um, that falls on you, Mm. you know? And if, if we want things to change, yeah, we just gotta, at some point go like, this isn't healthy for me and I gotta choose something else. I think another thing that I've taken away from, you know, all of this about relationships and something I've learned is that, you know, a lot of it is it's all about um, compromise as well. You know, we all have our preconceived notions of what we expect or what we want. And obviously, if you've got certain things you want to aim for in a relationship, you want to aim for those. But um, I, I think that finding out like where you need to meet people halfway. Like for me, like I'm always working on a lot of different projects all the time and so on. My wife is very understanding and wonderful about that. But I also make sure to try to give a lot of my time to her because, you know, we're in a relationship. I want it to be successful. Uh, And that's important. You know, I know for her, you know, she doesn't want to feel like we're just two separate people living together, you know, like it's, and, and I think that, um, some people do end up that way. You know, my parents were always very like independent, like they would like go and stay at opposite ends of the house. And, you know, my dad would watch sports and my mom would, you know, check her email or something, you know, like anyway. Yeah. Maybe read a book. Cause I don't know if they had email back then. <laughs> yeah. 
that, that's <laughs> no i mean they're still this way uh today uh i'm just saying yeah, yeah no i get it <laughs> um i think for me it was definitely knowing that that i'll be okay after if, if something mm-hmm. doesn't work out mm-hmm. i think that confidence that i'll be okay helped me to be able to set boundaries um and and not kind of let myself get pushed around because I used to fear things ending. And if I said what was on my mind, if I said what was in my heart, the thing would end. Um, And if it ended, then my whole life would be blown up. And, you know, all of that kind of spiraling in my head made me just not talk about stuff. Um, And now coming from like a deep rooted, like, oh no, I'm going to be okay. I've gone through so much shit. Every time if something has ended, I've met somebody else. Mm-hmm. I'll be fine. If yeah. I don't meet somebody else, I'll be fine. Like right. that mentality has really helped me to um to say w- what I feel in the moment. Uh and it's something like I'm in a strong relationship now, but I we both talk about the fact that we'll be fine if it if it ends. We would be hurt. Mm-hmm. I would be hurt for sure, but I would be okay. And he would be okay. And so whenever you do that, you're kind of like, oh yeah, this person doesn't need me. They want me. Mm. And and mm-hmm. it makes you step up more for them and hopefully them step up more for you because there's no like insecure clinging, you know? I think right. it's like the, the confidence to power forward, you mm-hmm. know, is key. And also I think, um, I think it's smart for people because you don't want to necessarily, I mean, maybe some people it works out just fine for, but- I tend to think of it as an unhealthy thing for someone to feel like their whole relationship is centered around the other person. Mm. Uh, I'm not going to say it doesn't work for some people. Uh, it may, but I, I feel like in general, most people, you know, they, they want to feel like, you know, and, and the other thing too, is like when you're seeking a partner, they want somebody who they feel like they can um, uh, respect or, or, or admire and, you know, how they have, positive feelings in some way, you know, for the person that they're with, they're excited to be with you um, is the key there, you know, versus, oh, well, I just happened to come along at the right time and they were available and, you know, we went out and maybe it became a thing, but, you know, who knows? I do. Yeah, but you know, that, that <laughs> yeah. said, as much as I say that, I still feel the area I could grow most in my life is the people pleasing. Like I still Mm -hmm. feel, even though I've gotten so much better, so you can imagine how bad I used to be. um, I've gotten so much better about saying what's on my mind and expressing a problem or whatever. I still find myself not just in dating, in life in general, overwhelmed because I'm constantly, maybe it's an improv problem also. I say yes all the time. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can do this. Yeah, I can take this on. Yeah, I can meet. Yeah, I can. And I'm just like, fuck, I just want to be alone for (laughs) half a day and just sit by myself and stare at a wall if that's all I want to do. Um, (laughs) And so I, I find now that I've had to learn to say that to my boyfriend where he is so wonderfully understanding but I had to learn that he doesn't he's not psychic he's not he doesn't realize (laughs) that he's he loves being around people and uh and so he he's constantly like planning stuff and me I'm like I like being around people but I need a day I just need a day where I'm not doing anything and uh and so I've had to express that like hey I, I might just need like an afternoon to go on like a hike by myself. Like, and that was hard to say, not because I thought that he was gonna break up with me. I just didn't even want to make him upset. You right. know, I was like, no, I want to be available all the time if you need. But That's that leftover cool girl syndrome. Yes, uh, <laughs> it's hard to shake. It's real hard to get rid of that. Oh my okay, God. Wait, wait. Can cool you, I'm sorry. Syndrome. Can you clarify? Aisha? Yeah. That was a good episode. I want to hear that. It was a good episode. I mean, that's, you know, that's what it is. The cool girl is, we're cool. We go with the flow. Um, We let, you know, we let, we put the decisions on other people because, you know, our coolness is going to eventually help them see the light, which it so rarely does. And it comes from being a people pleaser, Mm. basically. Yeah. 
So have remnants of that. So what about oh, yeah. you guys? Like we talked about what we've taken and like how we've grown, but like what area do you guys feel is still a little bit of a journey? I think for me, because I think it's just communication in general, mm-hmm. um, learning how to express anger, I guess, whenever I'm frustrated or anything. I think naturally for me, I'm just very, um, again, people pleasing, just try to avoid um, getting anyone mad or anything. So the cool ghost syndrome, I, I'm like, yeah, of course, sure, we're, we're good. But I think just learning that communicating how you feel isn't bad and you know with the right partner they won't gaslight you or anything they won't make you feel bad for how you feel and it's okay like your feelings are valid and everything so I think that's what I'm struggling with right now just learning to be a little bit more expressive in times of like conflict too yeah yeah. I'm so glad you said that because literally had my therapy session yesterday after a long Mm. time And this came up where I was like so pent up, worried about stuff. And, and I was like, you know, but my boyfriend and every example I gave was like him being wonderful. Uh And Mm -hmm. she was just like, called me out on the fact that because you've had trauma before, you still think anytime something is going good or you've met somebody good that you are waiting for them to let you down or you're mm-hmm. you're you're projecting onto them that that the surprise is coming mm-hmm. and right. uh and that's all, like definitely an area where that trauma even though so i'm sure we've all grown so much from our trauma but it still lingers a little mm-hmm. bit mm-hmm. and i didn't even realize that that was there for me so like i get it what you're saying Karina about like the right person doesn't do any of that. Mm-hmm. But we think like, this is it. They're going to gaslight me. I'm gonna, yeah. You know, uh, this is going to blow up in my face. And so it becomes hard to like say what's in your heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, how f- I, I have a question uh, for, for those of you that are, are still, uh, you know, openly dating. Um, <laughs> what, uh, how afraid are you going into a date about how things will turn out? Like, do you feel, and I don't mean fearful for your life. I mean, like in terms of what Natasha was just saying, like um, she has, you know, reservations going into it because she's been hurt before. And, you know, do you find that you're able to put these sort of fears behind you? Um, Or do you find that, you know, they still are very much right over your shoulder talking devil into your ear, you know, the whole time. Right. So like first date, like very first date or like. I think just in, going into dating in general, like, mm-hmm. you know, you meet someone, you don't know them too well mm-hmm. um, going into it could be a first date or it could be, you know, an early date after a couple. Right. I think in the very beginning, it's almost easier because there's still, I don't know, there's still like a separation. So you can still sort of hide what's actually going on when it starts getting deeper. For me anyways, that's when it gets a little bit harder because that's when the tough stuff comes in. That's when the real conversations happen. So I think in the beginning, it's like fun, but yeah. Yeah, (laughs) you're still attached later, right? Exactly. You you become more vulnerable. You get attached Mm -hmm. to people. Uh, I'm noticing it now only a year and a half later because we're talking about moving in. Right. Mm. And, and then I'm noticing my brain. Yeah. Thinking about stupid things, not even, not even trauma and that I think he would ever do anything. I have no, no fears about that. Like I, I actually never really fear about anybody cheating on me, even though I've been cheated on so many times is like, I'm like, whatever, I'll, I'll find out it'll be over. <laughs> right. It's just more, I don't know, for me now, the big thing has been like, oh my God, he's going to see me. Mm-hmm. And yep. what if he doesn't like who I am exactly. all the time? Yeah. Sometimes I just randomly cry, guys. Oh my God. <laughs> just oh, randomly no. for same. like no reason. <laughs> Literally just, same. Oh. What the hell? What is this? <laughs> no, but you know what my therapist said? She said, what? guys. Therapy is awesome. 
Okay. Yeah. I used to have so much trauma that there was a point I couldn't feel at all. And there mm-hmm. was a point that I couldn't cry. And I would cr- do like three tears. And then I was like, that's it. Like, right. what happened? And, and so she said that this is a really good sign that as I have moved past trauma or wow. am getting to this other Aww. side, she said that people who have had such like extreme trauma shut down. And then once they start opening back up and they, they're in the healing process, they start feeling a lot more. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, you're in that phase where I actually was, I used to think I was not sensitive at all. Mm-hmm. And now I've realized in the last year, I'm very sensitive. <laughs> and that was her going like, yeah, this is you like feeling things now. I think a lot of people also, like I definitely have known people who have like one, like who've put up like a big wall or blockade around who they actually are because they've been so hurt or or they felt um, like they can't open up to people about that. And I think that that's very common. And I think more people maybe are starting to realize it and I'm hoping that's the case. But I, I think that, um, that a lot of people, you know, they just have always had these, these walls. And as people come to understand themselves, um, their sexuality, what they want in a relationship, you know, they're, they're learning what works for them. Yeah. I was just saying, hey, so well, that blows my mind. That. <laughs> Thank you for bringing therapy. Cause that just <laughs> cleared know. up a lot of shit. For me. Yeah. Okay, I'm like, I why am I so emotional the whole time? <laughs> Mind you, I've had a concussion recently. Maybe that plays into the fact that I'm just randomly crying. But it's been for months where, yeah. where just things are hitting me more. Or I'm happy and I'm actually mm-hmm. like really happy where, mm. you know, old me wouldn't even allow myself to enjoy things. Um, if I'm excited, I'm excited. If I'm sad, I'm super sad, which is like, I like that person again, because that's who I used to be. And I felt I shut down a lot, um, after, you know, experiencing trauma and learning Mm -hmm. that that was my body coping, um, Mm -hmm. because it couldn't handle emotion. So it kind of shut down. Um, so, you know, people listening, there's, there's hope. Yeah. And crying is apparently good for you. Crying is good for you. But what if he sees that and he's like, oh my God, this is crying again. You know, like. I, I mean, some guys might be like, well, that's just how girls are. Like, I feel like yeah. there's like a certain shrug to it, you know, um, not to say that they I all are like that. Crying. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it happens. I mean, I don't know. I know that I get weirdly emotional out of nowhere. Like when I see like family being separated in movies, like in the color purple, when the two sisters are like separated from each other, I like can't control how hard I start crying then. And I know that's like, it's not even a recent movie. I haven't seen it in many years, but every time I see it, it's like, why am I crying? I know this is so sad. You know, I can't, you know, I, anyway. So, I mean, sometimes these things just hit us as well. But Aisha, Adam, what about you guys? What's the area you guys feel like you need to grow? I mean, I can piggyback off of Karina once again, like, and you actually, because I do the same thing. Like when I, mm. when things get too much, I shut down. Like I don't like confrontation. It's too much for me. I want to walk away and just not deal with it. And what I'm learning now is that my own feelings on the situations are important and they're important to express. And being with somebody who is open and willing mm-hmm. to like hear those feelings and sort of, you know, be with you during those feelings is um, it's really, it's really nice and definitely something that I wish for everybody. <laughs> it's also really scary, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It does feel really scary. <laughs> Adam, what about you? Um, I actually probably am a bit of the opposite, but can you say the question again? Cause I want to make sure what, I answer what it What area do you feel like you need to grow the most? Yeah, no, I think that one of the areas is, um, I think a lot of it is that I've had to learn and I kind of said it before, but like about meeting people halfway um, and and sort of learning how to, um, you know, trying to put myself out there for the person that I'm, I'm partners with and um, making sure that I'm there for them. Because in the end, you know, one thing I, you know, have thought about a lot is that Um, you know, yes, they have some family and things like that, but you know, you're that person who's there more than them, 
You know, you're the person who's there for them more than anybody because they're your partner. And um, you, you really want to uh, be careful with that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I feel like it should be a funny answer, but no, no, I don't think I had a funny answer. We were just talking about crying. So I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, we have to wrap out this episode, but Adam, do you have one more listener message, yeah. right? Yes. Uh, so this one is from uh, Pinpack uh, online name. Uh, I, I, we apologize. We do not know your actual name. Uh, but Pinpack <laughs> says, I love the podcast on attachment theory. It led me to seek additional information on the subject. And now I understand myself a lot more. Thanks for all the helpful resources you all share. Well, thank you, Pinpack. <laughs> <laughs> we are very grateful for you. And we are glad that, you know, um, that a lot of what we say is helping people. I think that's one of the mm -hmm. most rewarding things. You know, I, I think one of the downsides to podcasting is we don't get to have a live audience um, in the same way that like you guys did when you did uh, Comic-Con a few years ago or um, something like that. So it's really nice to get feedback from all of you uh, about your thoughts on the show, uh, your recommendations, how it's helped you. I mean, we just love those stories. So please keep them coming in. It, it means a lot. And, um, you know, it's nice to know that we're not like just talking into a void with lots of experts and <laughs> right. comedians. So it's very true. I mean, you know, we also need positive reinforcement just oh, like uh, everybody else. Uh, but you know, I want to say for the record, uh, how grateful I am to all the listeners, to getting us to 200 episodes, um, to all of you guys for joining in this weird idea I had <laughs> to create a dating podcast. Um, Aisha for being the number one, you know, from the beginning, uh, and Karina and Adam, you guys are backbones and we wouldn't be able to do, um, any of this without you. So, for the record, if I don't tell you enough, thank you. <laughs> and thank, thank you. you. Thank you, you too. Well, for you your, guys. For your stories and your words and just being yeah. an all around badass queen. Yeah, I've learned so much that I, I did not know um, I needed to learn. And I feel like a better and more rounded person having met you. And um, we thank you for, for that. Yeah. <laughs> let's, you know, before we wrap out, let's do a... a, a Check in two, six questions, 200 episodes in, six questions for all you guys. All right. We're going to do this super fast because I have a stand up show I have to get to. <laughs> so, busy woman. <laughs> so we'll go with uh, Aisha, Karina, then Adam. Okay. For every question, we'll see how this has all changed. Okay. Uh, here we go, guys. Here's your six questions. What is the first thing you notice about a potential partner? Shoulders, eyes. I was, you read my mind. <laughs> Same. Same. I'm going to say sense of humor. What is Same. one deal breaker? Not being understanding or patient. Impatience. I would say ignorance. Mm -hmm. I think I like people who are um, pretty logical and down to earth. What turns you on? Oh God, what turns me on? Um, <laughs> sense of humor. Something I can laugh with. <laughs> I I love intelligence. Mm. Yeah. Intelligence. I really like five stars on the podcast. <laughs> I think <laughs> I really like people rating us five stars. It's just it's what I what I enjoy. That's what gets Sounds, us off. Yeah. Right. It really does. If you want to all impress us, try to turn this relationship the other way around. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> what is one strength and one weakness in a relationship? Um, one strength is that I am 100% here for you. I am open. I am ready to be the person that you can vent to. Weakness is I have trouble doing it back. <laughs> I'm like, it's okay. I'll do it for myself. We're good. <laughs> um, for me, strength, I would be, I'm very understanding. Um, but a weakness is communication. Yeah. 
not my greatest strength. <laughs> Fair. I think my strength is that I am very upfront and direct, but my weakness is also that I am upfront and too direct. <laughs> um, sometimes I have learned that it is good not to be that way. Um, although I do generally prefer things that way. <laughs> so we often find that the, the strength and the weakness tend to be the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys, what is love? I feel like love is a sense of comfort, a sense of ease, and something that you have to work towards. But not like hard work, you know what I mean? But like, mm-hmm. you got to do something to keep it going. But yeah. That's true. Yeah, I would piggyback off of that. I would say it's comfort too. I think able, like comfort in the sense that you're just able to just show up. Mm-hmm. and not have you know the fear is still there but you still want to try you know so yeah i think um companionship and being able to be there for somebody all the time even when you're not having to do anything like you know oh we don't have to go go kart racing today we could just hang out and be together and we appreciate each other. We love each other, you know, having that kind of companionship where it's not having to be centered around what are we going to do? You know, not to say that it's not, I mean, we should all go go-kart racing. Absolutely. <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, I, I, that's, I think companionship is, is the key thing for me. Besides I love you, what three words would you want your partner to tell you? Um, I think it stays the same. I got you. Same, same. I got you. You look good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, guys, I got you and you all look great. So uh, thank you again uh, for helping us celebrate 200 episodes, guys. How cool is this? Booty who? Woo! Thank you all for being on the show. Yes. And uh, how can everyone follow you guys on social media? You guys can follow me. This is Aisha everywhere. At Aisha says dance. My name is too complicated. No, it is not. <laughs> it's, it's my whole name backwards on my Instagram. So. Okay. So see it in the description of this. Episode. Yeah. It's description. Right. <laughs> that is impressively difficult to say out loud. Um, <laughs> I don't think I ever realized that. I, I should have looked at it closer. Um, okay. And uh, I am Adam Pineless on Instagram. And guys, we are at Kinda Dating across the board. I am at Natasha Chandel on Instagram, Natasha.Chandel on TikTok, Natasha underscore Chandel on Twitter. Thank you so much for downloading this episode. Please tell a friend, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and also send us your dating stories and thoughts via voice memo or whatever way you want to kindadating at gmail.com. Now you guys have to say this one. Go. I know it seems know tough out there. there. But just but try. Just try. try. <laughs> <laughs> Till next time. <laughs>